Hello everyone and welcome this week to Communication Means Talking Together. One part of communication has to be about culture, right? Might have touched upon this before, but you can't really tease out communication and culture. They're very much intermingled. How we say things, the words we use, reflect our cultural values. And the best way to reinforce your cultural values, be it of a society, an ethnic group, or even a company, is the language we use. So the way we talk about things reflects who we are, and we reestablish who we are by the way we talk about things. Great. So now we see the connect between communication and culture. So to this week, I thought we would talk about something regarding work culture that caught my eye. And it, it's granted, it's not a brand new story. It is something that's been in the news in the past, I want to say two or three weeks. It's a term called quiet quitting. I have to say, first of all, I really enjoy this term. It's a hilarious term. Uh, the idea that it's oxymoronic, right? It's not. And if you look at the definition, I looked at a few different articles. There's just Google the term and you'll see the same pages I saw, but there's one on CNBC, obviously New York Times, a few other places. And what it seems like is people want to quote unquote, not hustle anymore. Hustle is where you put in the extra effort and go the extra mile and stay late and do more work than expected, right? Go above and beyond. And so then the opposite of that is not hustling. So we don't necessarily need to call it quote unquote, quiet quitting, unless the underlying assumption to using that phrase is I don't care if they fire me. I don't know necessarily if that's true. Might be true for some people, maybe not for everybody. So perhaps there's different grades of quiet quitting. Nonetheless, I guess the question is, is this a good thing? Do people care about it? Should we undertake it at all? Let's talk about, to answer that question, let's talk about maybe where this comes from. And I wonder if this is at least something to do with the phenomenon described in a book someone once made me read uh, called Nickel and Dime. Uh, you can check it out. You can probably find it at this point at a used bookstore or maybe your favorite library. The, 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 the main thesis of the book, and it was done by, you know, somebody sort of taking uh, minimum wage type jobs uh, in that example, a large, shall we say, discount retailer, one of the biggest retailers in the country that's a discount retailer, is the company uh, that this person took a job at. But as you can imagine, they're not really looking for the job. It's it's part of them doing the, the hands-on work for researching their book. Suffice it to say, what this person's experience told them was that Whenever she did more work than what was specifically asked of her by her manager, 
then the additional work she did didn't translate into praise necessarily or some kind of opportunity or even a thanks necessarily. It just became, oh great, you're willing to do more work? Great, can you keep doing that? That would be very helpful. And maybe even more work was suggested. So in other words, efficiency was being penalized. I've always wondered about this, that technology seems to make it easier in a lot of ways to do more work in the same 24 hours, five days a week that we have for that work. And I wonder if that has sort of crept up on us and maybe not in every profession, but in a lot of professions, people do end up doing more work for the same job title. So I guess the message to anybody who's listening here that is a leader, manager, decision maker, person of some influence in your organization, you might want to look in to your spoken or unspoken policies on this and make sure that the people that work for you, that are hardworking, that are willing to go above and beyond, whenever they do indeed exceed your expectations, you should make sure that it doesn't go unnoticed at the very minimum. And you should make sure that it's always understood this was an exception, this was above and beyond, and it's, you know, not to be taken for granted, bottom line. Now, I guess the separate question is, who should and who should not consider quiet quitting? Quiet quitting, I think, is perfectly acceptable for a quality of person that is making just enough money that they're comfortable with to pay for their various expenses, and they're not really looking for advancement. This is something that we never talk about. It's, it's understood in our personal lives, but in the workspace, we never talk about this. We always talk about people having this sort of, I guess the organization, let's put it this way, the organization always expecting the people keep moving forward and upward. And it's understood that at some point, people want promotions. Not everybody. There is a quality of person, and I don't have a ready statistic for you, but just, you know, anecdotally, I would say it might be more than 50%. And that I'm being conservative with that number. It could be as high as 70%. 50 to 70%, anecdotally speaking, of the working population is perfectly comfortable to stay at the station they have achieved, provided they feel stable in their income and expenses sheet. It is usually a smaller number of people, could just be as, as small as 10 to 20% of the workforce that are committed to some amount of advancement. And each person finds their comfort zone, right? It might be you work your way up from being an individual contributor to, I want to say, manager or senior manager. And you make, let's say you're, you're lucky enough to work for a large company, you make over six figures, you have a good benefits package, 
mortgage is covered. Perhaps your spouse uh, is also making money. Everybody's taken care of. Why, why go for it? And perhaps it would take more certifications and education and other kinds of hurdles to even think about higher positions. So there are definite inbuilt reasons. Taxation is another one. People don't know this, but a lot of the population sees the tax tiers and they see, um, going off of my head for a moment, that around $160,000 a year, you go to the next tax tier. Uh, this may have changed in recent time. But the point is, people find a comfort zone based on a variety of factors. Your education, your expenses, uh, what your total family income is, and taxation, because you want to stay within a comfort tax tier that you don't end up paying too much. So coming back to the point, who should or shouldn't quote unquote quiet quit. So I think I answered the part that who might consider it if you feel it doesn't penalize you, if you've got enough job security and enough income security and you're satisfied with your place in life. And that is absolutely an acceptable decision. It's your choice. The person who shouldn't quite quit, ask yourself these questions. Do I have income security? Do I have job security? Many states, many countries have a at will work uh, policy. You can be fired for any reason. Many European countries or many states in the US have a much more stringent uh, for cause fire policy. And you can consult with your HR manager about this uh, discreetly, of course. Uh, you should know what your workplace policy is based on the state you might be living in or the country you might be living in. The reason being performance is a nebulous characteristic. Some managers, knowingly or unknowingly, take ambition as a foregranted or uh, basic quality. They don't say it right. It's, it's sort of subtle and it's under the radar. And you should get to know your manager, you, the person you directly report to. You should get to know them and subtly and with, you know, not asking it in a direct way necessarily, but over a period of time, maybe get to know what is it that they are satisfied that you do everything you ask of them, or are they asking you to go above and beyond, even if they're not saying it out loud? A quick uh, way to find this out is some companies have a tiered performance uh, goals and goal setting pro uh, process, and it's applied to everybody. And it might just be that, you know, there's no penalty if you just hit your goals and quote unquote, get a C letter grade, like we used to get in school exceeding your goals to a certain extent, they might assign you the equivalent of a B letter grade. And being excellent, naturally, is the A. And so they might tie, let's say, corporate bonuses. You get a higher bonus for whichever letter grade you, you fall under. The point is, though, if your name is on a list somewhere in your company and you're under the C 
category, I can almost guarantee you the day layoffs happen, that list is going to be the one people spend the most time on. So that brings us to sort of the second topic of the day, which is layoffs. Are they coming? There's a lot of videos and articles that are riling up a lot of concern. And um, more than one large corporation, I think Goldman Sachs, and I think uh, um, Apple, have indicated through different mechanisms the insistence on returning to the office. And you would wonder, if all these companies were doing just fine during the pandemic and making huge amounts of money, right? Huge amounts of money with almost 100% of the workforce working from home for the most part. Why suddenly on a dime are they asking people to come back to the office? Is it because A, they think people are slacking off? It's possible. That could be a justification. And B, it could be that they have a concern about team building and culture, and that's certainly something that I would speak up for. But there is a concern, and we should wait and see how these few companies that I mentioned treat the people that are non-compliant with the return to office policy. Because many people will just comply. But if people invested into working from home long term, maybe you bought a house, um, an hour, two hours, three hours away from headquarters, you might be a little bit hesitant to do that because living closer to the office might be a lot more expensive for you. So to wrap it all up, um, in terms of employment, right? Quiet quitting, resisting returning to the office. These are choices that we might be forced to make depending whom you work for. And you might be wondering to yourself, what should I choose? Well, no one can tell you what to choose. The only thing that can be done is to offer you the right tools and information to make an informed choice. Figure out, to recap, figure out if there is a direct or indirect observation of which employees are doing the bare minimum and which employees are going above and beyond. If there is anywhere, anywhere where a written record of this is kept, even if it's just an email or a Word document on someone's computer, then it is something that could be used down the line when layoffs should there be any kind of economic downturn or recession, that list will be utilized. And as far as the return to office policy, I think there's some good uh, room here for compromise and having Fridays be remote. Many, of, many companies might take that as a good olive branch opportunity. And if you're a company and if you're a leadership or executive uh, individual, I would take that because work from home, what has changed really and what ties these things together is there used to be an old term, right? Work-life balance. And what they teach us is the whatever word you in, a, in this kind of hyphen, hyphenated phrase, work-life, right? Is a hyphenated phrase. Whichever word comes first, subtly that takes priority over the second word. Because the one you're saying the first, right? If you're reading from left to right, 
as we do in the West. I think what has happened is that hyphen has flipped. And I think life is coming first for a lot of people. Children, home life, some people have aged parents that they're taking care of. There's a lot going on, right? And people aren't, aren't willing to work 12-hour days the way they might have. Not nearly as many people. There may still be some. There's always going to be a few. But there's some people that are willing to push their employer as much as possible to give more flexibility. And I think we're going to see some interesting decisions made. The bottom line is, what decision are you going to make? The one you make is the one that gives you more security and more control over your life, whatever that looks like for you. Well, if you liked and enjoyed this podcast, do look out for us next week. Like and share and subscribe. Tell your friends about it. And I will see you next time.